Hey, Pants people. We know a lot of you listen from a far distance, but if you're local, if you're in the region, we're going to be in Bethlehem, New Hampshire, at our new sponsor, Reckless Brewing, playing board games. Ooh, when? Tell me when. It's going to be Monday, February 26th is the first one. The first, you say? That's next week. That's next week. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> no, it's not. Well, maybe oh, when, when it, it comes out. When it plays, it'll be. <laughs> oh, we're leaving this in, baby. <laughs> Shit. I think that's great. Perfect. I think that's great. Um, so if you're interested, you want to come and play games with us, go to the Reckless Brewing website, recklessbrewing.com. You'll find all the information about how to sign up for games and uh, directions on how to get there. And while you're in the area, just go to Reckless. This place is awesome. Seriously, we all work there. We all love it there. Great food, great beer, even though Steven brews it. Um, he does... He somehow does a good job. I don't know. My son has ponytail hair, too. But, uh, it's all right. <laughs> no. No, I don't think you can say that one. <laughs> uh, come on by. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah. A lot of exciting things. A lot of exciting things. I mean, I told you before, a couple episodes ago, how this mounting feeling of like something ending was just building. And here the building stops. Here the tower crumbles, gentlemen. Oh, God. I don't don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. Here, Sansetian ends. This arc has been half our show. Yeah. About to end. That's wild. Yeah. How does that feel? I know, that's what, that's what Danny said. I don't know if the mic's picked up on that groan. She but. couldn't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I said it just a minute ago. I, I almost forgot there were other worlds out right, there. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So many of them and so many more arcs and stories to explore. But we're not going to think about those tonight. Tonight we're putting this one to bed. We're tying up the loose ends and we're saying some goodbyes. Uh, Once and for all. All right. <sighs> I am... Not ready. I'm going to try try to get ready. Get it? Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Now, there is so much happening in Fantasy Pants, the metaverse, the the meta story of these three nerds in the the studio that I really want to talk about. So many great people who are doing really cool things for us and with us, and I really, really want to discuss them and shout them out. But we even unzipped 
next week. Yeah. I think that's the time to talk mm-hmm. shop like that because there's a lot to get to, and I want to make sure we get to all of it tonight. Yeah, and I think I think it's going to be a long one. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, there's so much to talk about. Yep. So many questions to answer. got a lot of questions. Uh, Thank you to everybody who yeah. submitted questions, by the way. Thank you, yeah. everyone. We might do it tonight. I don't know. If we do, we might sound really tired. You'll know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, without further ado, let's get started. The lab, the chamber, is dead silent. The fight has just concluded. I think the first sound that breaks the silence in this sort of post-battle kind of cool down is round stuff. You just hear her crack into this sort of light, tinkering, like sort of laughter. Just <laughs> and you can see she's looking at the, uh, <laughs> the steaming uh, toad bile covered bones <laughs> of Zavar. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Uh, just like, just like pointing towards them and like, just like laughing so hard, almost belly laughing. You see like their, her like chain and her foot almost like, like rattles as she falls in her back and you can see Miskin's already moving across the room, dropping there. He's got his lock pick that you created for him in hand, oh, rushing yeah. over. It's the same kind of mining, nice. uh, old mining chains. I mean, back in the day, those were used a lot for, uh, on Sansa Tian. Um, they're kicking around in places and he's kind of, he's practiced now. So he's kind of working on that while she laughs. And you can see as she laughs, like the the horrors of her days trapped in this lab start to like, they're being pushed back, pushed somewhere farther away from, from her eyes, from her mind, from the, from the forefront. And I think as like the change sort of comes unlocked very swiftly and she kind of like stands up, she just looks over to all of you. I knew you'd come. And her wide, thankful eyes are moving from Miskin to Jules to Zebulon. I knew it. I, I never stopped knowing. I... Thank you. That was close, though. That was really... He was going to do some stuff. I don't really know. I don't understand it, but like a bird. Like a bird. <laughs> you just look at... Like a, just uh, just I, sort of blank a, face. A void? <laughs> oh, you know what? Is that, is that what you were waiting no, for? <laughs> no, I, was, I forgot. Uh, all right. As, yeah. Even at, as she's saying this and kind of rambling on, Jules is slowly walking over to her, bending down. And the moment that she stops talking, (laughs) grabs her shoulders and pulls her in tight. We got you. We got you. No, I knew. I knew. And you could feel warm tears kind of running down your neck as she buries her face in. And maybe those horrors aren't so gone after all. But in this moment, there is just a peace. Now... While this is happening, what are everyone else's immediate actions following the fight? Um, so Arhalan is still stable but unconscious, still right? Still unconscious, okay. yes. You have no idea what... Yeah. You still don't know what happened to him, what was affecting him, and if it will be there if he wakes up, you don't know. Crispin's going to fall out of Wild Shape. What can you tell me about the manacles that were on round stuff? Is it like a set of handcuffs, or is it like a neck collar that's attached to the ground? Uh, it was wrapped around her ankle, so it was a small kind of cuff there. But basically handcuffs, yeah. Okay. That were kind of like, they're usually, they're used for ankles, so like people would like be using, working the mines, like, you know, maybe way back when, they'd be manacled to certain spots of higher ore, they just kind of left sure. it. Yeah. Uh, so Zebulon- there's like, it's almost like a two-sided almost like okay. cuff. Yeah. Zebulon wants to, to run over and grab it. You know, he hugs round stuff, too. <laughs> hey, Rastaf. Um, can I borrow this for just a minute? Grabs the manacles, and he wants to go over and manacle one of Arhalan's hands to his opposite leg. Okay. Like, <laughs> just so he's not going to get up and start running yeah, or hurting sure. anybody. Um, and then cast uh, Gift of the Metallic Dragon. Oh. Ooh. I don't okay. know if I don't know if HP is relevant. I can actually cast it if you want. Or no, we'll just say it's at this point it's not relevant. Yeah. Um, you go to cast so this magic sort of flows out of you. This magic given to you, a Shole, now here to help save your brother. And Crispin's gonna think to himself, "Boy, I wish Shole could see this." And he's going to use Mazir to come. Oh, yes! Yes! Yeah, this look in your eyes. I was waiting for something. Oh, man. 
in this area, your chances of this happening are double to level five. If you hit 10, like you could feel like you, you, you say this wish and like your thoughts, you're feeling there's something like this deep trembling that leaves you pushing down into the ground, into that very fossil, which seems to glow a little brighter and something besides rage is channeling through it. Something almost joyful and you press into that. You feel it, you reach out and maybe, maybe make that roll. Gonna roll our orange oh, D one hundred. The soccer ball. Um. So let's go. Let's go for the high end. Okay. Ninety to one hundred. It works. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. Sixty-two. Sixty-two. Damn. Here's what I'm gonna say. I want to have a little fun with this because you're going for high end. That was above fifty. It's not. You're not getting what you wanted. It's not going to activate. But just as a teaser, there's like this moment where like the light, sort of like this, this, this flash of light sort of sparks above the fossil sort of in the room's corner. And for this flash, you see like an image appears. This almost like, almost almost like a, like a holo, holographic image of Sholei just kind of like staring down into like her hand. Her hand's like shaking as she reaches up behind her, her neck and she sort of stops. Her fingers kind of resting on some scales, her claws like digging into them. And she turns her eyes and looks. And for the barest moment, it looks like she sees everything. <laughs> and gone. <sighs> like you almost had this, but it slipped away. And it's hard. It's so hard. You think about Paul, how he managed to create some grand miracle. And maybe there's some sliding scale of, of like your, your, your sort of ability to utilize this power. Hey, Paul is much more powerful than you. Damn, Paul. Um, I think like Zebulon, you heal Arhalon, and then more as, as you heal him, you see that image just up here that you look up and just see that. And beneath you, Arhalon kind of... Zebulon. Can you hear me, brother? Zebulon. 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 What's His going on with eyes you? are still just like not focused. Snap out of it. Do you want to roll like a medicine check? Uh, yeah, I'll have Zebulon roll a medicine check. Um, do you think that what would Crispin think to roll? Is, is medicine just like pretty medicine obvious or is it the Arcana? Best one. Medicine would make the most sense. I'd allow Arcana as well. Okay, I'm gonna I'm just gonna roll medicine for both of them. Okay. Wow. Nobody has any idea what's going on. He don't know what's going on. Yeah, but he just seems like he's single he's digits. He's aware. He's awake, but he's still very out of it. It's almost like he sees you, but he's blinking. His pupils are like wide, like dilated. He's just kind of. And I think I will say this. I think this is even with your passive, because there's like there's almost like something on him you didn't notice before, like over like kind of by his nose and kind of around his mouth is slight, like almost like reddish pink like ash or powder hmm. but he's just sort of blinking Ralph, did, did you see what what they did to him I, I was in the other cell for a while but well, when that last time when there was a, a, a box um uh, Zivar said it was from Zinda I don't know it, it, he, he was making him take it after he healed him he looked bad he Arhalan he, he, he I thought he was coming for me again he was so scary when they brought him in. There was blood and burns and... Part of me kind of feels like if we... I don't know, if we give this a little bit of time, is, it, is he going to come out of it? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Like, if he has to keep re-upping on it. Right. It, it sounds like it was done multiple times. Yeah, so I think, like, when you first walked in, it was, I think, Zavar even said, give him another dose. Mm-hmm. Use it all. Okay. So... So, so Crispin will walk up and, and wipe the, the dust and powder off his nose and mouth. Let him rest. Let him come out of this. I think you feel a presence move up behind you, Zebulon. He turns, he dances, like, looking at you. And he's got a sort of, sort of quizzical look in her eyes. And she's, I don't understand. What is he? Where is Mateo? I saw him in you. When you were first transforming, it's, it's his isn't it? I'm, I'm That's sorry. why you're here now. Instead of him, it's his spark. He, he wasn't, he, he wasn't strong enough. 
he he wouldn't have been able to to come anyways. He asked me. I'm I'm really sorry. But I talked to him and and he loves you and misses you so much. I think at this she smiles slightly and says he wouldn't say that. Well, he, I mean, he didn't. He but I know. He said that you would know. <laughs> and like, it's kind of, she actually like, like, just fully kind of laughs. <laughs> that's Mateo. <laughs> uh, uh, wait, that's that's right, that's right. Um, the message, I, Jules. Um, before you even finish saying it, like, dance. I think her eyes go wide. Jules, he's vanishing. You look down, Zebulon, to see that the edges of your, like, bony toes are starting to sort of vanish into this light, and this vanishing is starting to travel up your body, down to your ankles. Your time is running out now. Uh, uh, Jules, uh, there's not much time, but Mateo, when when we were in the... He said that, um, so the fugue plane, when you die, people who die in that area, they show up where you are. It's like a different... And and nobody showed up on Tythos. Everybody, everybody who would have died would have showed up right there with Mateo but they didn't so I what I don't know saying? I don't know where they are I don't know where Tychos is but they're not dead up to your knees it's gone there's somewhere out there still there's somewhere out there Jules you have to go find them and Jules Jules don't give in to the darkness just love and he reaches out and he holds your hand your blackened hand turn away from from them from those bad people so angry, Zeb. You don't need that power to win, to save them. Up to your hip is gone. Zeb, don't go. I need you. I don't know how to do this without you. Just stay. You're, you're, you're going to be okay. And I, I did everything that I could, and I'm so grateful for a friend like you. All the experiences, and I mean, <laughs> I became a luminary. Your ribs. We weren't done yet. And that's kind of the beauty of it, right? Because you don't know. You just don't know. Your neck. It, it's not fair, and, and, I'm, and I'm sorry, but I, I, think, I think my time is up, but just please tell Arhalan, tell Shole that I don't regret anything. Okay. I'll tell him. Seb, you step back with this body that no longer exists. You begin to let yourself fade away. The top of your head now is all that's left, and you can vaguely see what's still there. I love you, Zeb. You're the best friend I ever had. I love you too, Jules. All of you guys. I think in this moment you hear something else. Zeb. Zebulon. No. No! Don't you dare leave me! Not again! I'm not letting you leave me behind again! You hear me? You hear me, Zebulon? Don't! Don't! He's up. He's awake. He's staring in your way as you're about to be gone. No! Zebulon, hey! Help Jules. Please. Hey! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Zebulon! I forgive you. I didn't want to face that. I needed you. I needed you behind me to make me feel strong. And I held you back. You were the wind beneath my wings. But I couldn't hold the wind, brother. I should have told you. And you're gone, Zebulon. Your light has extinguished. Your world has gone black. And only four more words find you in the void. I'm proud of you! And now, just as with the first time you died, we're going to leave you in that darkness, Zeb. But we will come back for you one last time at the end. Shaking a little bit. Same. <laughs> Holy shit, guys! Dude, there was like so much that I wanted to say. Yeah, but I just like couldn't think. I couldn't. <laughs> it was, dude. It was, it was beautiful. I like tried Seriously. to squeeze everything in. <sighs> I know I missed something. I think it was beautiful. I'm gonna be For... driving home, and I'm gonna be like, "Should have said that." <laughs> Both of you. I. I. Yeah. God damn. But for now. We linger in this mine. Arhalon, one hand sort of cuffed to his leg, is just like, you see his eyes are still 
dilating, kind of like shrinking him back, like he doesn't, like he's experiencing a dream and he's just staring at that spot where Zebulon just, and he raises sort of this shaking hand before him, like kind of reaching out. And you can see Jules and you can see his eyes fall on it too. A light begins to sort of shine very, very dimly off of his hand. He's staring at it. My oath. My light. I. It was never about the children, was it? It was about Zebulon and me. I've been a fool. And he just, like, drops face down into the dirt, weeping. Crispin unlocks his, his manacle. Thank you. <laughs> so he can cry in peace. <laughs> just give me a second. <laughs> wow, man. Uh, wow. Oh, we're not done yet. I think everything goes quiet again. And I think, Jules, as you're staring off and seeing someone who is there who is not anymore, a realization does hit you. Paul. Paul is not here. I forgot about Paul, too. (laughs) (laughs) Jules in the the center of this cavern. Shit, I forgot about Paul. There was... So much happening. It, even, <laughs> even in character, I think Jules could have. Because like, yeah. you couldn't quite see the cells before. So I think yeah. after saving round stuff was your number one priority. It's like right. the cooldown, Zebulon, and then suddenly it hits you like it wasn't just supposed to be round stuff. You were expecting them both, but you look at the cells and they're, they're empty. One for Arhalon, one that had been round stuffs. Where's Paul? Round stuff. And she's like crying, like looking at the spot. Is he gone? What happened? Why was he bones? Where's Paul? What? Where's Paul? And she won't look you in the eyes. She kind of like looks down. Where's Paul? They took him. Savar had some of the the guard take him days ago. Right after Miskin escaped, he sent him to someone. A, 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 a woman. Ka- Calypsula? Cali- I'm sorry, I don't remember the name. I'm sorry, I was scared. I didn't, I don't, I couldn't stop it. I couldn't stop it, Jules. Jules stands up. Calypsania. Was that it? And she nods. Tears were spilling down her cheeks. Jules looks over to Crispin and dance. It's not over. Does Crispin know who Calpsani is? You've only heard the name just now. Okay. When Zavar spoke yeah. it. Who's, who's this Calpsania? Jules, you've heard it a few times in your past, spoken by your mother and by others around her, and you got the impression she's someone very, very important to the cult. Someone maybe above Cerise, or at least sort of uh, uh, a rival of hers. I've never met her. She's bad news. Well, uh, Crispin's looking around. There's, uh, there's a lot of stuff here. Maybe we can, maybe we can find a clue or something. And he starts to dig through the bones. As you do that, Crispin gets to work investigating. You feel a small hand wrap around one of yours, Jules, and suddenly around the other one as well. You look down and see round stuff on one side, miskin on the other. I think round stuff says, <laughs> this guy wipes her eyes, it's okay. You save me, and you save Miskin, and, and we'll save him too, right? Right? Jules bends down and takes them both in, one in each arm. Uh, Black, no. <laughs> Miskin just... Shut up, Miskin. <laughs> Don't take this from me. <laughs> and he absolutely hugs you back. Um, You're investigating the bones. I actually will say there is something to them. And I'm going to go ahead and say, like, you might take a second and investigate the room. Yeah, that's that's the intention. Okay. First things first. The bones. As you go into them, you see there's like this this glint of like gold and like a ruby amongst them. Kind of knocks them out of the way, gets some gross toad bile on your fingers, you wipe it on your chin because you're gross. And you, you licks it off. You lick it off. Oh god. <laughs> it's, you know, it's kissing yourself. Now who's gross? <laughs> and you pick up it looks like some kind of pendant. Some sort of magical pendant. Okay. Can I check to see what it is? 
Uh, give me an Arcana check. I reached for Zebulon's dice, but I'm not going to use those. Unless you have Identify, then you can just forgo with anything. I don't think so, no. Let's go with Arcana here. Okay. 15. It's pretty good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually re-roll that for everything you find in this room. Save some time. Okay. That's cool with you. Yeah, um, and I'm just going to say it so I don't forget about it. As Crispin's digging through the bones, he looks over his shoulder. Hey, uh, pick up that recording diamond. That might have some clues on there, too. Hell yeah. I knew it was on the ground. I just didn't want to okay. forget about it. Yeah, yeah. Jules, Jules um, will reach over and, and pick it back up and pocket it again. So I'll get to you in a minute, Crispin. First things first, the recording diamond. You see it lying on the ground, Jules, where Arhalon kind of stepped into it, stepped it down deeper in, and you actually see that main facet have to be facing the side of the room where you were all, like, fighting. Though it was pressed in the dirt, it's just it's just slanted right towards the, the actual action. If it were recording, if it were only recording, it would have caught everything. <clears throat> Flashback! <laughs> <laughs> we're back in the first round of battle. Jules uses dissonant whispers on the ghoul by round stuff, causing it to flee from her side. And you see the shine of the diamond catches her eye and she reaches forward, desperate to help in any way, straining against the chain, her finger trembling. She reaches far enough to press it down on top of the diamond and yell, Record! Hell yeah. <laughs> and as you pick it up, Jules, you see the diamond is still recording. And it has indeed caught everything. You wanted this to happen. I'm just a nice... <laughs> you guys You guys made this story amazing. Hey. I'm, don't say I never did nothing for you. Miskin had his little moments of helping. Yeah. Round stuff had hers. I yeah. think that's awesome. And uh, speaking of don't say I never did nothing for you, what you picked up just now, that pendant, mm -hmm. it's called a pendant of minor, or no, amulet of minor uh, health. Ooh, oh, okay. If your con is below 14 and you attune to this thing and you're wearing it, it becomes 14. Ooh. Nice. That Whoa. sounds like a tool for jewels. Sounds like it might keep our bard alive if he yeah. wishes to use up that attunement slot. Probably, because my con is 11. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that will go from a plus zero to a plus two. Uh, putting it on now would give you an extra 10 HP for all the prior levels you have. You've not had the con bonus. Uh, hey, Jules, hold on huge. to this, will you? Hold on to it or put it on? I don't care what you do with it. <laughs> <laughs> my con's 18. I don't need it. <laughs> Stupid druid. Uh, yeah, Jules is going to put it on. Hell yeah, it takes time. To like, to like, you can feel like this magic is kind of flowing into you, and you can kind of sure. like attune to it. But almost like you can feel something happening to your body, like your muscles are getting a little like tougher and thicker. It's it's it's, it's weird. Like like your body is like straining and squirming as this thing goes on, but it feels great. Oh, Crispin, is this what decent HP feels like? <laughs> I like doing magic because we talked about how it's like every being in these worlds has like some innate kind of re regeneration. And I like to think of Khan as being like, you have a higher level of that regeneration, right? Sure. So you can just regenerate out poison really fast. So I think in this case, like your natural uh, powers is sort of growing. You're even more Wolverine. After, after tossing the amulet, once Crispin figures out that, you know, he's pretty much found all the clues you can find with, uh, with some of his druidic magic and augury in mind, Crispin, picks up some of Savar's knuckle bones. <laughs> I thought you were going to say in that pull That's pipe. awesome. I, I like that. <laughs> like a broom into tea. Um. <laughs> I, I mean, I've never, like, used knuckle bones, but I don't think that's how they use them. Um, I'll just give you a quick rundown of what else you find. Uh, by Arhalon's sort of cell in the north of part of the room, there is that aforementioned sort of little, little, little box filled with this or actually it's, it's empty now but you can see a bit of this pink pinkish sort of reddish residue uh kind of on the floor at the bottom of the box um again just this weird powder ash something that looks like it's probably what drove him wild okay crispin flips it over and reads the label uh nope <laughs> <laughs> wrong uh I mentioned a desk very messy earlier on, and you do see this like like looks like a, a sort of bottle kind of resting on the desk, and this sort of this really neat little inscribed bottle. You kind of reach and touch it; and it's a little warm to the touch. As you read the inscriptions with your rolling over your check. Oh, this one's got an inscription, huh? You see uh, a bottle, <laughs> a bottle of boundless <laughs> coffee. Um, it's basically just like filled with coffee forever. Pretty cool. Uh, Zavar definitely drank from it, so that's indirect kiss territory. <laughs> So that's a little gross. It's kind of icky. Smells a little icky. 
Um, this is something exactly like Stephen and Crispin (laughs) would love. (laughs) Dude, Zebulon would be all over a bottle of endless coffee. Oh, yeah, endless coffee. No, he'd be, um, yeah, that would be tough. Uh, 20 gold scattered around on the desk. All right. You see two scrolls. Oh, here we go. These are pretty cool scrolls. One actually is the uh, very spell that dances Lucha Libertella's namesake. A scroll of Dance Macabre. Ah, cool. And another scroll of Create Undead. Oh. So if we ever want to use those, we'll go over what they do later on when the time comes. It's more dramatic that way. But they're, I believe it's a, a, a fourth level and a fifth level spell. You said Create Undead? Create Undead, yes. All right, we will dig into that. There's also, the last later. thing you find uh, is a small black book that only has these two, like, stylized horns, silver threaded on the cover. It looks like a, a small, almost like pocket edition of the holy text, Sranzo Mate Shab. I believe it's called, um, you probably had to read this when you were a, a, a young Jules. Um, it's called The Tenants of Freedom. It's actually pretty fun because I, I actually like, I, this was not initially on my notes, but uh, real quick shouting out. So Megan, Hunger Familiar is oh, putting together, yes. A, yes, putting together a, a new zine, which is uh, all about just like books. This really cool, uh, the book den, this bookstore owned by, well, I, I won't spoil anything. It's really cool. It's really cool. We'll get, we'll talk, we'll get more into it. We might get more into it in this podcast, but uh, basically long story short, there's a lot of really cool different kinds of, of books, like descriptions, titles, things like that in this that have really cool functions. But uh, one thing that was mentioned is uh, essentially a pocket sort of religious text for a deity that could give you sort of bonuses if you read it nice. in sort of checks revolving around religion, checks revolving around that deity. Wow. Um, this would do that for Zomate Shab, should you want to read it all the way through. Whoa. You would know the inner workings of what the cult's all about, oh. what their goals are. It's a pretty big deal. Maybe you were supposed to Whoa. read it, Jules, but you never really did when you were younger because, like, I don't got to read that crap. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, thank you, Meg, for for letting us put that in the show. And yes, like, awesome. super super fast, dude. She's sold so many of those zines, like on Kickstarter. She was oh, yeah? setting like stretch goals and meeting them and setting more and more. And she kept on thinking of new stretch goals. That's so cool. She blew the roof off it. It's yeah, it was awesome. Really, really cool. Yeah, hungry familiar, everybody. You've heard her before. Look her up. And honestly, I have more to say on Meg because uh, she's done some amazing things for me. You guys don't even know about yet. Oh, but okay. That, All right. Well, she she unzipped. answered some questions well, unzipped. So yeah, yes. that's next week. Keep your secrets. <laughs> Stay tuned. Um, that's all you find in here. So with nothing else to do here in the lab in the mine, I will say at this point you are about an hour away from uh, the city. Actually, you've kind of been traveling southward since you went to uh, Milpazul. And this is actually fairly close. When you were first arrived here in Manzanares, uh, you saw a branching road between Hollow and Sanzatian City. You're very close to everybody else, to home. Crispin reaches his hand way up under Jules' shoulder. <laughs> way <laughs> up. <laughs> Real Zeb energy there. Jules, uh, we got to meet them. Uh, the, we got to meet the others back at Moreno. Are you ready to leave? We gotta move forward. I'm ready. You're like, oh, as round stuff kicks Zavar's skull across the room. All right, I'm ready now. <laughs> <laughs> this kid crushes it with a, if he's like a bar from the room, he crushes it into like, maybe he was a crack in it. Skulls are hard. Um, but hey, Toad, Toad. How do you know? Toad, what you, stomach acid probably weakens him a little bit. I don't there know. There you go. It's brittle. Brittle, 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 toe weakened bone just shatters. And he was undead, sort of, anyway, so. Yeah, I'm ready to now. Let's go into the night. All right, ready to move. Yeah. I think Dance has a sort of far off look, and she's got nods and moves moves as well. Um, Arhalan is, un- is unlocked. I think he just slowly sort of stands up as well and looks around. Yes. You. Go ahead. I will head for Mundanares. I will take the next gemstone off world. There's much to do. Tythos is alive. Crispin walks over to Arhalan and holds out a hand to shake. And he shakes it. I have not been myself. Not the me I wish to be with you all. I... (laughs) I'm sorry. And he locks eyes on you, especially Jules, and says, I'm very, very sorry. But I will be 
your stalwart ally. In all things, I promise. Zebulon gave me a chance to see what I was and what I was not. I won't let him down again. Jules will walk over to him, kneel down so they're eye level. We're family now. And we'll do this together. And he goes in for a hug. Oh. Crispin wants to roll insight on Arhalan. <laughs> I will say with... <laughs> I think there's like stiffness suddenly, like almost like a tiny jerking motion. And then just kind of like, I think you could see that after he's kind of recovered from this, like whatever's happening to him, his arm has sort of fallen once again, literally sort of limply to his side. But with his good left arm, he wraps it around you and presses you in tight. Fuck yeah. <laughs> wow. An Arhalon hug. <laughs> Ooh, Zebulon <man>. could never. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Oh, hell yeah. And so you guys leave? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. As, we, as we're walking out, though? Yeah. I, th- I think Jules is holding the hands of both Round Stuff and Miskin. Oh, yeah, just skipping along beside you. So happy yeah. to get out of here. He's going he's gonna to lean down to Round Stuff. Hey, hey Round Stuff. Yeah? Uh, don't tell Chester about that, uh, you know, Zebulon being my best friend ever thing. Hmm. We'll talk costs later. <laughs> Just a devilish little grin. <laughs> taught those cherry delights well. Yeah. <laughs> they know leverage when they see it. Can't wait to see it's half of your payout from the whole. Uh, <laughs> I think it was eighty gold. I saw that. Was it? Was it? No, twenty. I don't right, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> you guys step out from the mine. The great sort of doors. You put. You know, push up. Maybe Arhalan helps push them before he kind of sets off his own way. As you step out, you're looking out at. Uh, at this sort of quarry that are open up around you, you're kind of sitting at resting at the bottom of it, and there's sort of a, a sort of slope on the other side, and you see a number of tents that are set up all around. This is probably where the guard was sort of hiding out and camped. You can see a number of the tents are burned, still smoking, sort of charred ruins of their like uh, um, tent. Uh, what's the word? What's the word? What's the word? Not canvas. The the supports. What do you call that? Frame. Tent frames. They're burning. Um, his bodies kind of littered around tracks of people who had fled from a fight here. Some bodies bleeding out with great war sword cuts. Some bodies burned. Damn, Arhalan. Arhalan did some good work. Jeez. He yeah. was inspired. He gave him bardic inspiration. He kicked an ass. That's true. Um, I think he looks out at this with this like almost like sickly kind of almost looks ashamed for a second and kind of blinks it away and shakes his head and just gives you all one last nod, gives the, the kids one last goofy smile. And they're terrified, and he just flies off into the sky. <laughs> <laughs> he tries. He tries. They have not seen the best of Arhalon. Um, <laughs> there's nothing really here to gain in the camp, so I imagine you push through. No chests in the tents or anything? Yeah, no. I want to loot. There's some <laughs> shitty armor and burned. Okay, well, let's spend ten minutes writing it all down. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fight you both. You'll never get a button again. You push past the camp. You open up the slope of the quarry, and as you kind of push a little more south, you roll down this hill, and you're looking over this this small town, completely abandoned. I think you see uh, one of those old western... Uh, uh, tumbleweed? Tumbleweed, thank you. Through the town, because it's awesome. And, uh, you dance. had a roll tonight. <laughs> I'm on a roll tonight. I know, right? I used it all. It's gone. The mojo's <laughs> gone, and we're working with nothing. And we got unzipped next, so relax. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, dance is actually kind of looking towards this town just staring at the sunken weathered buildings and she actually kind of almost like to nobody in particular just says this is where he was born Matteo our parents moved to the city before they had me it used to be beautiful he said just beautiful for the mines ran dry I think she just keeps moving your brother made a great sacrifice he was a good man it's hard, feeling that mask. As you push to the south, crossing the borderlands, you see that uh, it's probably about one, one o'clock in the morning. By the time you hit the city, maybe one thirty. And yet, the closer you get to the city, you can see that like there is the sounds of raucous like festival emanating from the city. All sorts of lights glow. Um, 
everywhere but Paplatian Hill, which seems to have gone in a weird kind of reverse of how things normally go, totally dark. Like, the whole city is celebrating apart from the hill, which is left in just this solemn darkness. Um, I think Dance is looking at this like, what is happening? Like, this is weird. And as you approach the gates to the city, uh, the gates that lead into Los Cavalanes, the old city, which is usually, when you left, very, very heavily guarded. People aren't normally allowed to just wander out of the city. They don't want, you know, a lot of the folk to, to, to just get out. Yet you see no guard. Not one. And Dance is staring at this with, like, just such awe and disbelief. What is going on? And, um... The other side of the group would probably know that the guards, they all fled when the angels attacked. They're unsure of what side they're supposed to join. Mm. I mean, do we stay loyal to the Tresna and Marfil when fucking Atosh <laughs> right. is, is, is raging war against them? Of course yeah. not. They're gone. They just took off. They hid. Um, the battles of the armors, but the human element or dwarven element, gnome, whatever uh, you know, races were, were making up the sort of actual city militia had nothing to do with it. Mm. And so you push into the city. And again, it is in the throes of great celebration. The living and dead alike are dancing in the streets. The air is heavy with the smell of spices, tobacco, and beer. Marfil is overthrown. And somewhere at the top of the hill, Atash is looking down on a free world. His warriors rounding up evidence, collecting any incriminating images, items, and people they can find. I will tell you that somewhere up there, Samuel Roche is sweating rivers his wrists shackled, overseen Whoa. by a Pari warrior. Whoa. The Tresna all surround him. A number of other allies of the Tresna surround him. And amongst them, wow. as we kind of pan up here, we see Itzmin Del Prado claimed, resurrected, Whoa. and sealed oh, in a crystal prison. Holy fuck. His face is yet locked in an expression of disbelieving horror. Whoa. Oh, there's no way Atosh is letting him die. Oh. Yeah, sure, fair. Wow. Not with what he's digging up. Not with what the Tresna have been saying. No. The mastermind behind it all, he's going away for many, many lives. And though the eyes of the Tresna and the frozen eyes of its men look down upon the city from the top of the hill, those on top have never been lower. I will say though, don't worry. You guys went back, other party, city party. You got the goods from Itzman before this all went down, before the angels claimed him. You got to pay out. There was some stuff oh, he dropped. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Not gonna, Sweet. I'm not going to deny you your loot because you went and helped some people fight. <laughs> you get your loot. I I'm, love a, the, I'm a nice guy today. I love the idea of like Blanche and Dresden looting Eatsman's body <laughs> and then like looking up to see Atosh walk through the garden. Shit, <laughs> run! <laughs> <laughs> Dive into the rose where she just picks it up like, I thought I saw. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> it's like <laughs> coins scattering everywhere. <laughs> and now the good people of the of the old city are celebrating. But there is a shadow behind it all. Folk did die in the battle against the armors. It seems the return tactically took the heavier brunt of the damage by Paloma's sort of command. And so like many skeletal bodies you see sort of around the celebration are you know sort of cracked and leaking light. Um, sort of there these new forms injured, many of them sent back uh, into death before they could finish the night. But by tanking the hits, the living yet live. But true blood was spilled, and the clergy at Moreno have their work cut out for them. There were those who did die. Among the fallen, you can see, or we can see, the camera can see, Ramin Rasul has been laid out in a place of honor, many gifts of spiral-shaped flowers resting around his body as if ushering him into a deep and peaceful sleep. And not far from him is Serapio, I imagine Jean Franklin informed the good people of the old city about his situation, his, his curse. Serapio wanted to fight back against his father, but he had to play around the restrictions Zavar put, put on him. It's quite possible that his every move had been in pursuit of this end, his own death and the death of his father. But these intentions, his true intentions, can never really be known. Was he a bad guy through and through? Maybe. But the body of Serapio is laid out in honor nonetheless. You can see he has reverted to his human form, though his right hand is still corrupted, the black, wrinkled skin curving into short talons, much like a bird of prey. You might recall as players in this moment that Serapio was always wearing gloves. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yes, I do recall. Yes. 
why are you retelling us information that <laughs> I, we already right. know, I'm David. sorry. Foolish of me. <laughs> Everyone remembered that. Of course. Let's go back to the streets, to the party that has come back from the battle in Hollow. I will say, just as you start entering the city, uh, a, a small form just kind of very excitedly bursts through the crowd, runs up to you. You see Grindy comes across you, Jules, having heard your arrival from, like, the grapevine. People are talking all over when you guys pop back into town. And maybe he's filling all of you in on, on everything that has happened. You know, Dance listening intently to it all. And I think like, as, like, information comes across her, the death of Ramin, the fall of Eatsman, the death of so many of the revolutionaries, like, all these people, all this, this whole fight, she kind of just steps away from you all. I, I need some time. And sort of wanders off for now, kind of on her own. But Grindy is just chattering and chattering uh, as you travel through the night. Just like, do you guess you have to tell him your story or is he just taking up all the air? Like me, right now. <laughs> I think Jules is silent in thought, processing what just happened. A lot of what, yeah. I mean, after everything that happened, you come back here and you're like, oh, they overthrew the city, actually. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think we're going to be spilling the beans to Grindy about our, you know, um, no. fight in the caves. and. Yeah. You know, all this stuff about um, where Paul is and whatnot. I'm trying to keep that on the DL. Yeah. As okay. need to know. And Grindy, don't love you, man. Need to know. <laughs> but you don't need to know. So as you travel through this raucous night, as you're pushing through, let me ask, what are Blanche, Dresden, and Jean-Franklin Montelio up to? I mean, I got to imagine that they're they're back at Moreno. Okay. Now, patiently yeah. waiting. Yeah. You know, kind of on like the edge of their seats. Are you like strep soldier waiting, kind of like still kind of in the, I guess like in service or are you like drinking and kind of having a good time too? What's, did these guys settle ever? For Dresden's part, I think he actually did settle. Oh shit. Yeah. Hell that, yeah. That was a lot. That was a lot. That was a lot. Um, I mean, you guys earned a party. I mean, he's he's not sitting there like, you know, crying and, and showing emotion. He's just, I think he's sitting slumped over and he's for the first time in this campaign relaxed. Oh yeah. I um, love it. Blanche is at the door. She's trying to get whatever information will walk through it. You know, I'm sure she's talking to if Paloma's there or whoever is coming and going trying to get a, a sit rep, I guess, and asking, has Jules LaRoche arrived? <laughs> has anybody heard of Jules LaRoche? I think, like, eventually you do get that. Maybe Paloma is coming by, just, like, checking on, you know, maybe, like, check and make sure her people are being well taken care of. And, oh, he has the news. He's coming your way. Grindy got him. He's bringing him over here right now. Jules is here. He's back. He's all right. He looks a little little beat up, but he's all right. To attention, boys. Jules is on his way. Oh, 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 oh. Sir! And so sits tall. She's like, he is, I believe, my luminary now. I should <clears throat> make sure to <clears throat> announce him properly. He doesn't have a title, though. He does. He's a prince. This is rather tricky. <laughs> so I'm just kind of, like, mulling this over. Um, as you guys are kind of standing, getting ready for, for the arrival of your the remainder of your party, I will tell you this. Uh, following the fight with Eatsman, you got a couple things. Eatsman on his person had a small wallet with six platinum. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Rich man's got a little oh, travel wallet. Nice. Just in case he wants to go out for lunch. Because he wants to go out for lunch and leave a, the most outrageous tip possible. <laughs> um, he also has a small steel book with metal sheets for pages that basically won't burn. Like the book, that's, that's kind of why you have a book like this, so you can't ever like, lose it. Um, it's very small. The text is almost illegibly tiny. It's like you almost, I think when you picked it up, you're like, I don't even see what's going on in this book to like retrace it. Oh, wow. Um, then you notice his spectacles had fallen off when he had died. And you might have picked those up and looked through them, and you realize these are eyes of minute seeing. Whoa. These spectacles uh, essentially give you, I think it's advantage on, 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 on uh, investigation checks. They just kind of let you see, like, even the tiniest. So as you look at the book, you almost feel your eyes can focus in, zooming in on the paper, and you can make out his writing clearly. I will tell you that... Uh, do spellbooks give you cantrips? I forgot to look this up. Yeah, I'm not positive, actually. Well, if it gives you cantrips, I'll tell you all the spells. Okay, so it's a spellbook. It's a spellbook, yeah. Sorry. Nice. It's, of course, it's a spell. He's a wizard. Uh, spellbook, uh, cantrips, light, 
Mage Hand, Shocking Grasp. I'll give you all this later on. You don't need to yeah, write all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, first level spells, Detect Magic, Mage Armor. Second level spells, Magic Weapon, Mirror Image. Third level spells, Blink, Glyph of Warding. Fourth level spell, Resilient Sphere. Oh, I don't know Resilient Sphere. It is, in fact, the spell he was casting when Dresden cut him down. Huh. Huh. Um, well, we'll get to that oh. later. We'll find out about it. You could, Alrighty. You could, as a wizard, record some of these into your own book. Certainly some useful ones in there, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. And so uh, maybe maybe you're like scrolling through this book a little bit while you're kind of waiting and you sort of put it down. <laughs> With the spectacles on the, the spectacles, yeah. edge of her nose there. Does Blanche take the spectacles? Are you wearing them? Uh, well, she needs them to read the spell book at least. You look so good in those. <laughs> um, you stand at attention. You see the crowd begins to part. Um, people just kind of moving out of the way in awe as, as, as the party from the Borderlands is returning. You see Jules and Crispin move alongside Grindy and like, I mean, these are luminaries. These are big deals. Even the old city folk are like excited as they push up towards the, the, the steps leading up to Moreno and at the base of those steps, Jean Franklin, Dresden, and Blanche. Who's the first to move forward? Does Dresden make a move on Jules or is Jean going to hug him first? It, it's John. It's, so he, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's where I was going. Yeah, that's where I was going with that. So if I, like, saying, of course, it's going to be John. He waited for you to open his, your <laughs> mouth. <laughs> um, he just charges over, just wraps, wraps his arms around you. Ha, you're back. Hi, we did it. We killed the thing. You feel you're good. You feel you feel warm. You're not cold. You're you're, you're, you're better, right? Right. I'm good. Yes. And 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 he looks down. He sees Miskin wraps stuff, and you did it. You. Wait, hang on. And he looks up, and they just realize that there's supposed to be three. Without a word, before John Franklin can say anything, yeah. Jules nods and says, We'll talk. Very well. I mean, things have been crazy here. I, I... John. Yeah. Thank you. <clears throat> of course. I. Um. <clears throat> everyone. Uh, this here is. It, it, it's. 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 <clears throat> Jules. Jules LaRoche, the, 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 and he's trying to think. Uh, no. The, the Midnight Prince has returned. And there's like, Midnight <laughs> Just like, cheers. Jules looks at John and just mouths, what the fuck? It's cool. <laughs> I just thought of it. <laughs> um, does Dresden approach this? <laughs> yeah, I think he comes up behind John. And just stands and waits his turn. And I think John steps away. I don't know if these two are. No, they're not. A, they're not. They, they, they do a lot of their speaking without speaking. Very convenient. Yeah. I, th- <laughs> <laughs> I think at first it's a quick initial genuine hug. And then they both pull back, put each other's hands on each other's shoulders, just give a, you know, a good squeeze and a good shake and a nod. Hell yeah. I don't know if Dresden's anything for Crispin. These two are kind of like, they're kind of partners before they split up. Yeah, Crispin reaches up for a little fist bump. <laughs> fist bump <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I just love that you, I love that you make it a point every time. I'm reaching up. <laughs> reaching up, yeah, seriously. Yeah, he's, a small, he's a small sized creature. He's a hiring guy. Yeah. Um, and then I think Dresden and Jean sort of part to the side as Jean's like, oh, right, I should introduce you. <clears throat> This here is Blanche Trudeau, master defense of the Mantelia family and uh, my mentor. Uh, Blanche, she was instrumental. Jules, she, I mean, she was amazing. She, she jumped right to it, helped us in big ways. And, and, and I think he's kind of rambling, almost like stammering. And Blanche Trudeau's eyes meet Jules LaRoche's. Yeah, Blanche steps forward. Jules Trudeau, I've heard a lot about you and I'm looking forward to a debrief. <laughs> you said Jules Trudeau. <laughs> you said Jules Trudeau. <laughs> Oh my god, are you serious? Blanche be crushing. Damn. <laughs> it's not what I wanted to do at all. Uh, I'm not going to redo it, but let's pretend she said Jules LaRoche. Pretend in Dungeons and Dragons? Come on. Hey man, this, <laughs> world, is, this world is wild and crazy. Yeah, right. All right. All right, um, all right. And, and after she says that, she just bows very deeply at the, at the um, waist. Jules puts a hand on her arms to lift her up. Stares her straight in the eye. <laughs> Eyes 
she got two. <laughs> my eyes and are up here, Jules. <laughs> my, down. my eye are up here, Jules. <laughs> uh, and his tradition for the last 30 minutes just pulls her in for a hug. All right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Blanche returns the hug. I think there's... Well, huggers, I see. <laughs> I think It'll take a little getting used to. An energy almost here. I think it's something that both of you almost feel. Jean feels it. The children feel it. This almost a feeling of just fate, like a fated meeting. Kind of like main character energy. Kind of like it. Mm. I think I think mm. nobody seems to feel this more than Crispin Dubois. Crispin, you've felt it this entire time in the city, but almost right now, almost like as you're, it's sort of been growing and growing, and there is a magic in the air here. Maybe they don't see it the way you do, feel it the way you do, but it's everywhere. It swirls all around you, mingling with every element of festivities. A magic that surges out through the earth far beneath your feet. You glance down, I think, feeling this energy so familiar. Not a rage like the others, but something joyous yet sorrowful, bittersweet. There is no voice grating in your mind, but there are eyes. You feel them looking at you, looking at her city, her people. And she is proud. It's vague, but this is what you feel. Okay. From here, from this moment, I simply want to ask that you paint me a few scenes of this night. Dance still away. What... What are you guys doing, I would, I'll ask, basically, during these festivities? What, what, how do these characters sort of spend the evening as the city celebrates its freedom, as you celebrate your victories? I need you to hit pause real fast first, because there is no way what? that there is going to be a party before Blanche Trudeau sits down, Jules, and has, like, a serious debrief. Oh, maybe that's what you're doing. Yeah. 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 There's a party. Like, like, yeah, like blow by oh. blow. Like, this is what happened. This is, you know yeah, what I mean? If, if we're in a tavern, we're in our own corner booth mm-hmm. drinking and you guys find a tavern. You find a, this stuff. is what happens. You you, yeah. you go find a tavern. You find a corner booth. You're ta- everyone else is kind of doing Perfect. their thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I love that. Yeah, you guys are really I talking. Mean, this is this is Blanche's military mind. Like, there is still business to wrap up. Yeah, before we could enjoy ourselves. Yep. I have to imagine you guys are like wandering off to do this, and then John's like, "Wait, sir, what about that?" And the children are like, kind of all around him. It's like, "What? What do we do with these? These?" And they kind of grab his arms. No, no! Start pulling away into the crowd. Come on, John! Come on, Uncle John! No, wait, Ah, Uncle John! Please, ah! I don't know what to do with kids. (laughs) As this all goes around, you can see Blanche and Jules in the corner talking a little bit of business. You see John getting dragged away, and you can kind of see out the window. Crispin's, you know, leaning against the side of the building. You know, he's got his pipe out, and he's chatting with maybe a couple other people who are, you know, in the fight, in the melee. You know, they're talking about... Maybe Dresden. He was... Yeah. He was in it. Yeah. Totally. And they're catching up. And that, Yeah, that strikes me as a really good combo. Doing their own much yeah. more casual debrief. Yeah. More as like a, hey, we're just hanging out, having a drink and a smoke. And, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. I love it. And now let's push ahead in time. Let's let the hours of the night rush by us as we reach very near the hours of the morning, very near the coming of the dawn for one last scene. As the sky begins to light, we move back to Moreno, back to those very steps where dance is kind of resting against the door, just looking out over all of it. Same door she just barged into yesterday during Zebulon's funeral, and now she's just at the top. Her eyes taking in the celebration, but holding no joy. And I think maybe we see moving up the stairs towards her is Jules. She kind of looks over at him. Maybe her eyes are slightly red-rimmed, like she'd been crying with some time ago. Now she's just kind of looking a little numb. And she just says, I'm sorry about Paul, but you'll find him. If he's this important Drakan guy they mentioned, they won't hurt him, right? Jules sits down next to, next to Dance. We'll get him. I'm sorry about Matteo. 
I'm sorry he wasn't there. I've been waiting for something. Some kind of guide to know what I do. Now it feels like it's all just looks at everything. There was a moment where I thought that I might go with you, Jules, after all of this. And then I missed everything. The revolution's fight. Ramin. And... It's stupid, but even Serapio, my old friend, he'd been suffering all this time with this darkness and I never knew. He was a pest, a, a villain to me, and he... And now I, I, I can't leave. It's all so uncertain. They cheer for our angelic saviors, yet I worry we have only traded our captors. Menteo told me things about him, Hatash. You... And she looks down at your, like, arm and just puts her hand on it. You should hide, Jules. Hide your arm hard. The, the corruption. Please, please, for me. He will lock you away if he sees you like that. And his eyes are going to reach so much farther soon. Please, I, I, I don't want to lose anybody else that, that I um, care about. And her eyes sort of lock onto yours. They've never seemed so deep so warm. I think there's like this long sort of held moment and then she just sighs. I'll keep it covered. If only for you. <laughs> Thank you. I think you feel uh, her hand sort of slides down to yours. Almost sort of weakly kind of holds it. And she looks up again, just looks around at everything, taking it all in, just I've always loved this night. I just wish I could celebrate too. This is your home, and you're going to celebrate when you help it rebuild. I know you'll do it. When it's you, I think I believe it. Ah, stupid. Sorry. We've won. We've had victory after victory. I shouldn't be so down. I he sort of stands up, kind of like stretches, a quick sort of fighter stretch. I'm bringing your night down too, Joe, so... No, I'm right where I want to be. Oh? And what do you want to do? Right where you want to be, George LaRoche? Well, you never answered my question. Kind of cocks and Question? Do you wanna, do you wanna dance with me today? I think I wanna, I think I wanna dance with you. Look, I know it's scary to be vulnerable, okay? But, I mean, look at us, really. Come on. We're two peas in the pod. And I got you. And if you wanna, if you wanna sing with me tonight, well then you gotta, you gotta take my hand and see all the light. I don't know if your feelings will show when I look to you. Do you want to dance? Fucking awesome. Holy God, that was cool. Shit, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. Wow. And the, dude, that fucking exploded. You're right. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, Mr. Jeremy Wolf. Round of applause. Mr. Jules LaRoche. Come on. Mr. Jules LaRoche. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, give credit where credit's due here. All right? <clears throat> I think as this song ends, dance is fixing you with this annoyed suffering look but the play facade melts away in a burst of laughter those last few like words her smile is just so wide her eyes so warm they are 
burning, smoldering. And she grabs you suddenly, one hand in your hair, the other around your waist. She presses close and says, Yes, I want to dance, Jules. And you are pulled fiercely into a kiss. Ooh. <laughs> Holy shit. I have to imagine the whole scene is bathed in good old red loot light. Did you do that on purpose? What? It's blue loot light. No, when you go, I think the last oh, time I thought she it was, embarrassed you, it was red. I thought it was oh, different for different emotions. For, you? Oh, yeah, that's right. Thanks for reminding me, guys. So you see, so you're flustered, and just, like maybe the bright pinkish red or whatever. Like, you know, when that, like that first time when she like cornered you in the market, um, and you're just like, I think like maybe full on sort of reaching down, full sort of graceful dancer's position, um, very much taking the lead, and it's it's magical. I think we pan back from this down the steps where. Jean, Blanche, Crispin, and Dresden are sort of watching odd of you guys happen upon this scene, hearing the music, and and, I, and maybe I, I imagine could be wrong, but do you think we're seeing a rare Dresden smile at this? I think so. You led me into it, but yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Jean Franklin, uh, sort of beside him, looks almost quizzical. Just Jules and dance, really? I had no idea. <laughs> what? And you see, just like, just like turns, like his eyes sort of wide to an empty space to his right, his eyes sort of fixing on nothing. How very odd. I, I thought I felt. And then he smiles too, his eyes sort of welling up. And after a moment, he breaks eye contact with this space beside him. He turns back towards Jules and Dance. And as he does, everything begins to sort of slowly vanish, the partygoers in the street, the buildings, the music, all fading into the grayness of the fugue plane. We see Dance and Jules are fading to Blanche and Dresden, Crispin and Jean. And right beside the smiling turtle, we see Zebulon. The scene all fades, the magic of the city starting to wane at this early hour. But the Night of the Remembered gave you one last miracle. All those restless souls who were not summoned back. Much like it was with your link through Jamal, you saw everything. You were there, walking the streets alongside your friends one last time for one last night. But now only the familiar gray wasteland surrounds you, Zebulon. You see a, a beacon of light shines far in the distance. It's warmth washing over you, drawing you in. It feels wonderful. Like coming home after a very long day. And you know there are promises behind that light, offers of new adventures should you still desire to fight. Should you still want to walk the path of the hero. And funnily enough, the second time you died, you also died, I'm almost 100% certain, with bardic inspiration intact on you. <laughs> and so as you stare into this light, we see the familiar projection of Jamal the Planglin rests on your shoulder, no longer a tether to material plane, but a comfort all the same. You got this, Seb. Thanks. Um, I guess I don't know anymore, but um, are you coming with me, or...? Yeah, I'll be by your side. It's hero time. And so you go? Let's go show that lady I'm not afraid. <laughs> and so this is the last we ever see of Zebulon Black marching on towards that light and towards his next and his final and eternal adventure and we'll call it there <laughs>